Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Tuesday, August 9th, 2022, starting just a few minutes late. Uh, I drove down to Milwaukee, uh, Gabriel had a flight to go uh, see some friends in North Dakota, so he uh, had to be down there, of course, traffic, etc. But just a few minutes, so uh, we did pretty well. Made good time coming back. Uh, let's see. Our catechesis today will continue in Luke's Gospel. So we're, we're getting close to wrapping up our walk through the Gospel. Hopefully it's been a blessing to you all summer here, um, you know, to do that in-depth study of an entire Gospel. Good. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, time for the memory verse. No one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. Our psalm is Psalm 119. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your just and righteous decrees. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Lord, I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your just decrees help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. Uh, We start for our first reading here, some selections from Malachi, the Minor Prophet. The Burden of the Word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, yet you say, in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord? Yet Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated, and laid waste his mountains and his heritage for the jackals of the wilderness. Even though Edom has said, We have been impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus says the Lord of hosts. They may build, but I will throw down. They shall be called the territory of wickedness, and the people against whom the Lord will have indignation forever. Your eyes shall see, and you shall say, The Lord is magnified beyond the border of Israel. All right. Malachi is pretty intense too, uh, much like Zechariah. Again, this is post-exile. And um, 
uh, we have uh, Malachi setting up this prototype of Jacob and Esau being these warring brothers. You know that they reconciled, but um, uh, Esau's lineage becomes become the Edomites and become really mortal enemies of um, Jacob and of his lineage. And so they uh, then, like I say, be prototypes of uh, the battle of good versus evil, or if you prefer God against um, all that is contrary to God. And that's what he's talking about here, is that judgment is going to be brought against the Edomites, who are those who are opposed to God in his word, uh, and namely the inheritance and the promised uh, Messiah that came by way of Jacob. So they're against the Lord, literally against Jesus. All right, and then our reading for catechesis is from Luke 19. Uh, and just to remind you, before we get too far along, he's uh, gone through Jericho, right? And we just had Zacchaeus, um, and his disciples are with him. All right. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Excuse me. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minus minus, and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much each man had gained from, by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you, because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. <laughs> and he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in a bank, that at my coming I may have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you, that to everyone who, who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. Now, if comment there on YouTube, um, tricky parable, tricky parable. Yes, um, I have a feeling that sometimes Jesus uh, would just, you know, what do we call this? Dropping a bombshell, right? He'd just, just drop this bomb and then just, you know, mic drop, walk on, right? As he's walking, just poof, intense. All right, but we'll, we'll work our way through it. And I think I uh, have some clarity at the end here. All right, so what did the people think was about to happen when Jesus arrived in Jerusalem? Right, and we've talked about this with parables. Context uh, it really is essential to understand what he's talking about here. They thought, and Jesus knew their thoughts, that the kingdom of God would appear immediately, right? And appear, meaning be visible, all right? What did, uh, he tells the parable, uh, to respond to their mistake, really, right? Uh, what does the nobleman do? He's going to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then to return. 
All right, so that's obviously a metaphor, but we'll talk about that. All right, so he's going to receive a kingdom and then come back having received it, inherited it. All right, he calls to himself how many servants? We have 10, and how many minus did they give them? Did he give them? Of course, 10, right? We only end up encountering three later on, but yeah, 10. And what does he tell them to do? He gives them the minus and says simply, do business until um, I come. All right, this term to do business um, is interesting, actually. So that's uh, verse 13, right? Yeah. I give you the Greek on that. It's escaping me. I looked it up here. Uh, do business. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, we actually have something similar in English. It comes uh, from the, the stem is uh, pragmatoiomai. Pragmatoiomai. There we go. Uh, and then the form here is pragmatoisestha. Right? To be to be pragmatic is the term we have. Um, it literally means to utilize a capital to turn a profit from loans and investment. It's actually what it means to be pragmatic. <laughs> All right. So this is in terms of uh, legal transactions, right? For gain. Paul uses the same term in 2 Timothy 2, or at least he um, has the same idea in mind. Um, I'll read some of this for you. You therefore, my son, so this is Paul to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who is enlisted as a soldier. All right, let's skip ahead a little bit. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I must... I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and eternal glory. All right, so do business. Um, I, I think Paul is kind of suggesting here, um, you know, that uh, this is the preaching of the gospel that proclaims our justification. That's the business that the Lord has called us to. The church and the ministers do business until he comes, that is, continue to preach the gospel that proclaims, legally declares, that sinners are justified or declared righteous for the sake of Christ. Okay? Right. So maybe that's a good way to understand what's going on here in the parable, doing doing business. Defresh says pretty metal. Yeah. Jesus, when he's not, when we don't soft pedal things here. All right. So again, it's literally to take, take the money, invest it. Um, doing business is... You know, invest in capital, be a venture capitalist here. All right. What did his citizens think of the noblemen? This is key as well to understanding what's going on. Verse 14, his citizens, right, of the noblemen um, hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us. All right. So they're refusing the king, um, the kingship that he's being given. Right. Of course, this is Israel, right, who rejected God as king. That has been the case ever since the days of Samuel, right? When they um, demanded of Samuel that God give them a king. And, and Samuel, of course, reminded them that God was their king. And yet they then received uh, Saul, who was a great king, right? right? So this is past tense. Of course, it'll be future tense too, because they'll reject the king who was sent to them to rule over them, Jesus, right? Um, money, right? 
here it's the minus we could trans you could just translate it money right um um it's literally silver actually to whom he had given right when he returned he said to those whom he had given the silver uh, to be called him so we have silver as the currency here um silver is mentioned elsewhere right jesus actually had said when he sent his uh, disciples out to take no silver in their money money sacks right no money and it was silver there as well so that's back in luke 9 right and then of course as we talked about on sunday we'll see it in luke 22 um, the 30 pieces of silver which was the price that the pharisees gave to judas to betray jesus mm. so a misuse of that silver um so if the nobleman's servants are doing business for him all right and that business of course is the preaching of the gospel for justification declaring righteous right so what is gained by their trading you know of the silver that they've been given the treasure they gain more right uh, they gain the salvation of others by preaching the preaching of the gospel that so far all right it's not primarily he's using economics to talk about the economy of the gospel all right uh what did the first servant report he'd gained 10 minus right and what was he told by the nobleman he would have authority over 10 cities right then the next one second servant five minus he was told he'd given authority over five cities the third servant reports this is much like burying the treasure in the field right he had wrapped it in a handkerchief why and here's a key for i feared you because you are an austere man verse 21 you collect what you did not deposit and reap what you do not sow all right so the handkerchief is interesting um, that's the head cloth which we will see again in um, at the end well not in luke's gospel in john's gospel right where jesus that was the burial napkin around jesus head um the deposit what might be deposited jesus perhaps jesus body right was deposited or laid into the tomb luke 23 yeah chris says he judged him right but notice that he had given entrusted to him a great gift uh, these servants have been entrusted with a great gift and he's going to return as king and so they'll be stewards of the king right so uh, the judgment is only for refusal to be whom god had given them um, and to be faithful in what god had entrusted to them right uh, and then sowing we know this from the parable of the sower that was back in luke 8 right and the sowing in the sea jesus explicitly says uh, when he explains the parable to his disciples that's the preaching of the word right the preaching of the gospel then as chris said uh, then he judges him and notice that the judgment is according to the unbelief of the nobleman right he judges the nobleman by his own words um, and those words being the estimation of how he understands um, understands the nobleman right i should say the servant is judged by his own words and by the nobleman there we go what does he call the servant calls him a wicked servant right yeah he could have simply done nothing and just deposited the money um, and let the banks be the one to capitalize it right and gain the interest um the bank bank is an interesting idea i mean we haven't really had much about bankers um even in jesus day the bankers are considered uh well they loan with interest and so that that's rejected by uh, at least by the apostolic church right that we don't loan to each other um, with interest um <laughs> i know i've been highly critical of people who would loan to the church with interest especially their own members um i think well i think it's contrary to the scriptures it seems reasonable but it's it's 
you know, you don't you don't loan to family expecting to be repaid with interest. Why would you loan to your family of faith? Hmm. Um, but then why do we borrow from the banks? Another whole problem. All right. Uh, <laughs> hear this. <coughs> this was with Lazarus, the parable of Lazarus at the gate, right? Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Uh, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, right? And then uh, later on in the institution of the Lord's Supper, Luke 22, Listen to this. I'll give you a couple examples here. Behold, the, the hand of my betrayer is at with me at the table, and truly the Son of Man goes at his, as it has been determined, but woe to him who, um, by whom he is betrayed. Um, and then at the end of the institution of the supper narrative in Luke, he says, and I bestow upon you, here's the fulfillment of what we're reading, I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. All right? Yeah. Give without expectations. I think that's right. Um, you can, you could, if you're going to have an expectation, you would give um, with prayer, right? Asking the Lord to bless that gift. All right. But then it's the Lord's doing, right? All right. So um, this lending to the bank and collecting interest, um, being welcomed into the kingdom, being a faithful or unfaithful servant. Uh, it sounds all, well, I think it's probably rightly applied to the table of the Lord's Supper when the Lord distributes the benefits of his saving work. And he should have at the very least invested his future in receiving the salvation, this one, um, that the Lord gives in his supper. Instead, he squandered the gift of salvation by even refusing to receive it, right? So even if he had just taken the money, considered it his own, put it to work, the Lord would have blessed him. That's what he's saying. And instead, by by um, hiding it away in a handkerchief and basically burying it, you know, or effectively, he has um, squandered what was given to him. Mm-hmm. What did the nobleman want uh, done? To take the mina, that one, from the servant and give it to the one with ten. Of course, now we have an objection uh, from the others, right? Well, he already has ten. Then note the nobleman's response. And uh, he says similar things elsewhere, right? For I say to you, verse 26, to, that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away from him, right? So then bring um, these enemies of mine who do not want him to reign over them and slay them before him, right? So there's ultimately then that judgment uh, for those who refuse um, the kingship of the nobleman um, and refuse the gift that he gives, or refuses to use the gifts that he gives. So we have, I think it's parable of the church, isn't it? Well, I mean, we have that language of kingdom, and uh, both the blessing of those who uh, receive and use what God gives within the kingdom, receive his kingships um, in his son, and then also the judgment against those who um, refuse um, the gifts within that kingdom, or even refuse the kingdom as well. Right, so we're getting closer to judgment day here, Uh, which is ultimately the cross in Luke's gospel. Once more, Jesus uses money as an analogy to speak about the greater treasure of the forgiveness of sins and salvation. Jesus is the nobleman who has come to his own, but they have rejected him much as they rejected God as their king in the days of Samuel. He gave them prophets, just as he gives preachers of the gospel to his church. They have been entrusted with the good news of the crucified and risen Lord. This treasure is to be freely dispensed through the preaching of repentance and the forgiveness of sins and at the table of the Lord. When this treasure is invested in this way, the treasure of the kingdom is constantly growing as the redeeming blood of Christ is sprinkled upon 
the nations. Those who hide the treasure under a handkerchief are all those who deny or cover over the saving news of Christ's death and resurrection. The enemies who are slain are all those who have not rejoiced in the mercy of God that is revealed in his son's death and resurrection. They have rejected his gracious reign in the forgiveness of sins. All right, so if you see it as a parable of Christ and of his kingdom, uh, maybe not so tricky after all. Uh, we simply don't like the uh, Jesus using money as an analogy, probably, first and foremost. And uh, second, um, the uh, judgment that's brought upon those who reject uh, both Jesus and his gifts. But so it is, there is salvation in no one else. You think that one's intense? Wait till tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Like I said, it really ramps up here at the end of Luke. Our catechism this week is the third petition. Let's say it together. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die, this is his good and gracious will. All right, let's sing some of our hymn. What did we sing yesterday? Did we sing the whole thing? I can't remember. I think we did. Um, let's sing the first couple stanzas today. We're running a little bit late. a commemoration today. Let me confirm that for you. Nope. All right. So let us pray. Grant to us, Lord, the spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without you may be enabled by you to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, for those struggling with sin. We pray with Jennifer 
and Travis, who celebrate their birthday, with Morgan, who celebrates uh, her baptism. Pray for the households of our church, especially this week with Jim and Mardell, Dan, Clarence and Linda, Derek, Dennis, and Pauline. Pray in Thanksgiving with Timothy for the gift of healing. We pray for our catechumens, Matt and Maureen. We pray for those ill, receiving treatment and recovering, especially uh, Marcella, Joe, Pastor Coda, Kelsey, Dan, Brad, uh, Taylor, Lenore, um, who I went and saw yesterday, uh, shingles, so she's recovering from that, and Pat, who needs uh, help with her medications. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline. We pray the Lord's blessing upon the gathering place at St. Paul Falls and to give us generous hearts and support of their work. We ask the Lord um, in intercession for a disdain of earthly things, and we ask the Lord's guidance for those uh, participating in the primary elections today, um, that they elect such candidates as would um, be faithful in their duties and to serve according um, to the law of God, even within our civil domain. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Right, there's a there was a comment on YouTube about the collect and how it's worded. Yes, um, and this collect is an old collect. This is from Gregory, so 1500 years old, um, but precisely confessed what the Scripture teaches. And so, um, you know, this is one of the uh, I think insights of the Lutheran Reformation, and, and that we had to point out repeatedly is that the teaching of, of the ancient Church Fathers, meaning you know a thousand years before the Reformation or more. Um, that they were consistent with the teaching of the Reformation. Actually, the teaching of the Reformation is just confessing what the Bible says, as the fathers did. So we have it here in the Collect, right? Grant to us, Lord, give us the Spirit in order that we think and do always such things as are right, right? Because we can't do anything good without you. Think third article of the Creed. Think all the teaching about sanctification as a fruit of justification, right? And then we may be enabled by you to live according to your will. I'm not a big fan of the translation enabled. Um, I can't remember the Latin now off the top of my head. But um, the idea is that it is by the Spirit of God given to us in our baptism that we do anything that is good. And without that Spirit, without um, God working, in, or Christ working through our baptism, um, we can do no good thing. Right? We confess that through our hymns. We, of course, it's just repeating uh, the teaching of the apostles and Jesus himself. But um, the collect really gets to it uh, precisely. All right. Um, I think that's it for the day. So uh, thanks for uh, being patient for me. Got started a little, a few minutes late. That's okay. And uh, hopefully it was okay. And let's see, tomorrow we'll, we'll gather again in the morning for prayer and then um, for catechesis and divine service tomorrow evening. So Lord be with you all and we'll see you soon.
We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.